Good morning, everybody. How many can say you've been in the presence of God this morning? Wow. So powerful. Let's give the worship team a big hand clap. They arrive early. They stay late. They are amazing, and I appreciate them so much, uh, their heart for worship. I love our house and our heart for worship here. Listen, listen worship can change everything in your life and transform your life. There's nothing like being in the presence of God. And uh, worship, it's not just something we should do on Sunday, but worship should be something that we are. And uh, it's beautiful here this morning. Um, what is next Sunday? Anybody know? Wait, I didn't see anybody with their phone out. I'm, I'm going on, too, so you can get your phone out. Did you get your card? Scan it. Beep, beep. How many did that? All right. Everybody that's 20 and under did it. The rest of y'all are like, y'all going to run that video again? <laughs> All right. So, hey, I even did it, so you can do it. So, I mean, if I can do it, I didn't even ask Audrey to do it. I did it myself. It was amazing. So, um, anyway, if you can't do it, uh, see one of these kids. They'll do it for you. And, uh, yeah, let's get connected. Next, next week is Mother's Day. We're super pumped about that. It's always exciting, uh, especially when it's just like Easter and then Mother's Day. And then we threw a crawfish bowl in the middle. And uh, we, we decided to celebrate a little Cinco de Mayo today. After church, there's going to be uh, Mexican popsicle fruit bars and they are delicious i've already had one we're having crawfish we want you to hang around for that and we're just gonna have a great great time and uh somebody said well i didn't know if i wanted to come to church and, and not donate to the does it cost anything we're gonna have donation jars out there if you want to donate some money for the crawfish feel free to if you don't feel free not to and uh it's not a big deal and so uh, we're just going to have a great time, and we're going to enjoy, enjoy the evening. And so we're looking forward to having the uh, time to spend with you hanging out. I, I started to say I'm going to preach real fast, but we have a little bit before the crawfish is ready. I do feel like God's trying to break in this house. I don't know if you've been here over the last four or five weeks, but our worship has continued to extend because I think God's saying, where's your heart at? Where's your heart at? Where's your heart at? Where's your heart at? What, what's first and foremost in your life? And I, I really believe that God's pulling on our heart to enter into this intimate secret place with him. And he's desiring this, this uh, uh, not that we just come have a touch from God, but that we come to a place where we are intimately acquainted with him. Are you with me this morning? And, uh, and he desires that. He's, he's crazy in love with us. He's crazy in love with us. Look at your neighbor and say, he's crazy in love with you. Yeah. You think your husband or your wife is crazy in love? You think your kids are crazy in love? Don't even compare. Don't even, there's no comparison. He's crazy in love with us, and his heart is for us in a crazy kind of way. And today I'm just going to be talking about how, how fear versus love and love versus fear and, and, and that we operate, we're going to operate out of one of the two of those things. We're either going to operate from a place of fear or we're going to operate from a place of love. But you're going to operate out of one of those particular arenas. And, and I want to share with you today how much that God really loves us. And this subject to me never gets old. It never gets old to me. The love of God never gets stale to me. 
The love of God never, never changes for me. The love of God is the most powerful thing in our lives. Are you with me this morning? Can I get a better amen? And, and, I, I, and we live in a crazy world where there's so much division and there's so much stress and turmoil and, and pressures of life. We live in a world where, divi- where hatred is, is, is just promoted all the time. Right. Where people are pushing and, they're, and, 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 and they desire to sow discord. I was listening to something this week, uh, even this week, talking about how the enemy so wants to cause division. And so he causes division among us in so many places. Like uh, one of the reasons we're having such a... A epidemic of fatherless homes is because the enemy's greatest thing is to sow division and he knows that when the families are divided that he has he has he has an inroad and there and there needs to be a there needs to be some men and women in this house and especially us men that say i'm going to be a watchman on the wall that the enemy's not going to have my home he's not going to have my home and, and, and we're going to be watchmen on the wall. And we're we're going to allow his love to come to us, but we're also going to allow his love to go through us. And so that we affect the world around us. I was watching the news this week, a news clip this week, and, um, and these two supposedly adult people bickering in, a, in, a, in, a, in one of those hearings, one of those... Senate hearings, and they were bickering like three-year-olds, and it reminded me of, I thought, it reminded my children when they were little, and they would get in their room, and they would fight, you know, ah, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine, and I thought, this is so juvenile, where we come to, but then there's a spirit behind it of division, this belongs to me, this is mine, I, 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 I've had my kids say before, tell, tell the other one to get out of my room, this is my room, and I say, hold up, time out. That ain't your room. I bought this house. They're all my rooms. Every room in this house is mine. We're a family. And you're not going to shut the other one off, and we're not going to have my room and your room because we're a family. And because we're family, we're going to sometimes have disagreements. We're going to go through situations. We're going to sometimes not see eye to eye. But guess what? We're going to walk together because we're family. So much division, and this vision comes out of fear, comes from a place of, uh, of fear that drives our nation, that's driving our nation, that's driving wedges. And this fear is selfishness and entitlement. And it just causes racial divides. It causes uh, social divides. It causes all of these divides that are not coming from the heart of God that are not coming from the heart of God. And we speak about things like abortion and those kind of things. Let me tell you something. All of these things are triggered because people don't know how much God loves them, how much God cares about them. And we can be critical. We can be critical of, 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 of a person that that has or is or going to have an abortion, and we can be critical of them, but yet we can abort people out of our lives without any regard. Yeah, I'll let that sink in a moment. 
We have to love people. But there's only one way we can love people. It's not out of my Thelios love. I can't love people out of that because you sometimes get on my nerves. Come on. How many in this room say your pastor sometimes gets on your nerves? Come on. Come on. Come on. Are the rest of y'all lying? How, how, how many of y'all can say sometimes? Yeah, raise your hand, Heidi. Your pastor gets on your nerves. That's my daughter. How, how, many, how many can say that sometimes people around you, your workplace, your, your schools, or your they get on your nerves? They get on your nerves. Come on. How many of you kids, your parents, get on your nerves? Come on. My kids, I've heard them say many times, you're on my last nerve. You're on my last one. I've told my kids that. You're on my last nerve. It's the last one I got. The next one, I'm going crazy. You can never operate, you can never love people out of your own mind, will, and emotion. You can only love people out of his love. And the love that he gives to you was not given to you just for you to be loved, but it was given to you so that you could love. Are you with me this morning? And so many times in our lives, because of fear, we build walls that that are not necessary and it destroys our life and it tears down and it doesn't build up because we're fearful that we're going to get hurt or we're going to get wounded or, we're, or something's going to happen. And even in our society, we only love those people that agree with us, that look like us, that walk like us, that talk like us. And we get in our little groups and our little corners and our little political arenas and Listen, if you're a Republican and you don't love the Democrats, you don't love Jesus. If you're, Jesus was not a Republican. I just want y'all to know that. If, if your party divides you from people, there's something wrong with your relationship with God. What's got quiet in here all of a sudden? If your skin color divides you from people, there's something wrong with your relationship with God. And and it works both ways. I've seen the rich ignore the poor, and I've seen the poor hate those that were rich. We're just people. If I stuck a needle in all of us here today, we'd all bleed red. We we don't just need to love. We don't just need to love. The people that are around us, we need to love the people that are, are, are in the bigger picture. We need to love our country. But not just because it's America, but because it's full of people. We also need to love Mexico. We also need to love Asia. I'm not going to go on. We need to love the world. I'm going to leave somebody out. We need to love the world. And I, I, I was looking at watching the news this week uh, and, and watching what was going on in Venezuela, and my heart goes out to that. And I was listening to your, your daughter-in-law, and my heart is broken when she's on Facebook asking people, please pray for my country. My family is divided. There's under attack. We need help. And we know what we can go on about our easy day, going to our job, 
filling up our bank accounts and forget that those people are distressed or are somewhere maybe there in, in Japan uh, in China this past week and they the government blew up the the Christian churches there set dynamite under them because they don't affect me we're divided and when we're divided it breaks down the very purpose of the kingdom of God and the enemy knows that and every one of these things is done out of fear and we can never reach our fullest potential when we don't live out of a place of love. I will never reach my destiny that God's called me into unless I love. It's so ironic how we'll build walls that we think are protecting us and then actually they're, ter- they're, they're isolating us. Jesus said in Matthew, said, any kingdom that fights against itself will end up in ruins and any family or community that's splintered by strife fall apart I want a few of you people to come up here and help me real quick about five of y'all jump up come on come on help me Michelle come on come over here and help me we take we take and build walls around ourselves to protect us he's reading my sermon Building walls around us to protect us so that we don't get hurt, so that we don't get wounded, so that nobody can touch us because we've been wounded before and people's done us wrong before. And so I'm building a wall, I'm building a fortress. It's a safe place to keep people out, to keep people from hurting me. I, I don't want people affecting my life hurting my feelings, speaking wrong to me. And so I, I've built a wall around me. Angela, you don't come try to get in this wall over here? It's my spouse. Might be the best person to choose right here. <laughs> I've built a wall, and she's trying to get in. She's trying to, she's trying to find a way in. And, and as she tries to reach across, and she tries to reach in, that wall separates her from me. And I think that I've made a safe place when actually the only thing shut in, the only thing being affected is myself. Right. And then in my loneliness and my hurt and my pain and my strife and the things that are going on, I want to reach out to touch her, but the same wall that's, that, that I built to keep me in is keeping her out. The pain and fear that I have. Oh, oh if I give my heart to that, it's go, I'm going to get wounded again. If I let people in my life, I'm going to get wounded again. If, if, I, if I let someone speak to my life, I'm going to get wounded again. So I'm so trying to protect myself, but in all in actuality, I'm destroying myself. Because this wall begins to close in upon me. It begins to be the very thing that I created to protect now is my prison. It's my prison. It has no doors. It has no windows. It has no hope. It's just fear-based. And I'm closed in. I'm closed off. And I'm broken. I just want to take this a little bit further. Katie, you're a nurse. Come, come, come up here and try to heal me. Come on. Come on. 
Come to come try to get in this wall and heal me up here. She's just come, she's coming to heal me. She sees I'm broken. She sees I'm hurt. Try, try, she's trying to get in. She sees I'm wounded. She's, she's try, she, she wants to help me. So she's pushing. Come on, push. Try to get in here. You try to rescue me. Like, 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 and there's no way she can get to me. And so my wounds continue to get worse. So they stand on the outside. And they wish they could help. But I've built walls. I'm protected. The fact is I'm broken. And I'm living in this fear. And I need her help, and I, I need her help, and I, I need your help, but, but I've closed myself in of doing it on my own. And that's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants us to live out of fear where we have no hope. We have no hope. And he comes to destroy and separate and, and, and try to divide I, I need you in my life, but I can't get to you. No matter what I do, I can't get to you. I need you to heal me, but I, I can't reach you. Because I'm living out of fear. Thank you. And I run into people every day that's living in fear and anxiety and pain. They need help so desperately. They need God in their lives so desperately, but they have built walls around them that keep them from the very thing that they need. And there's nobody sitting here under the sound of my voice today that has not been wounded. There's nobody sitting in this place. I don't need you to raise your hand. I don't need, there's nobody sitting here today that hasn't been wounded, that hasn't walked through difficult times, that hasn't had, been spit on, lied on, cheated on, talked about. And that fear causes us to live with a sword in our hand. It causes us to live in a, in a very retracted, alone, separated place. Now, we fake it. We get out in public and we plaster on a smile and we tell everybody that everything's okay, all is well, and we fake it till we make it, so to speak. But the truth is, inside, there's this turmoil and brokenness and hurt and wounds. And there's this crying out. For help. Somebody help me. They want to help you, but you built a wall. You built a wall. And fear and love are enemies. They have opposite agendas, and they cannot coexist. And from the beginning, God gave us the power to make choices. And these choices that we make can either raise, help us to rise to the challenges before us or they can diminish us to nothing. He put two trees in the garden because he wanted us to have choices. You got choices. I'm not going to make you love me. Jesus didn't come into our lives and, and, and say, I'm going to snatch you out of darkness and I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to put you in a full Nelson and I'm going to hold you and pin you down. You're going to love me because I'm God. <laughs> Do you hear me? Do you hear me? I'm God. I created the world. I can destroy your life. I can take you out, boy. I'm God. You're going to love me. If you don't love me, I'm going to break your arm. That's not the kind of God we serve. 
And I've joked and I've heard parents say, I brought you into this world and I ain't take you out. I'm glad God, our Father, don't say, I brought you into this world. But because of the brokenness in your life, I'm going to take you out. Because of the pain in your life, I'm going to take you out. He said, come, 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 come to me. Come to me. Come to me, all you that are weary and heavy late. Come to me. He said, my yoke is easy, my brother. I want to hold you. I, I want to I heal you. I, I, want, I want you to know you are loved. And there's nobody like you in all the world. When I made you, there's only one of you. And I created you in my image. And you're, you're my heart. You're my heart. I love you so much that I created you so special that I have things for you and I have stored up gifts for you and I have rooms of blessing for you. I love you. I love you. But, but, but Pastor, you don't know the pain. You don't know the things I've been through. You don't know the things I've done. You don't know the places I've walked. You don't know the situations I've been in. You don't know the mistakes I've made. You don't know the, 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 the uh, fornication or adultery or pornography or homosexuality in my life. You don't know the drugs, the alcohol. You don't know the lying, the cheating, the stealing that's gone in my life. And he said, hey, I settled that at Calvary. I settled that at the cross. You come to me with all your stuff. Come to me with all your brokenness. Come to me with all your pain. And I'm going to give you a life that's so much better. I'm going to give you a life of peace. I'm going to give you a life of joy. I'm going to give you a life of hope. That's what Calvary's for. That's what the, that's what the blood of Jesus was for. In Romans 5, he said, For when the time was right, the anointed one came and died to demonstrate his love for sinners who were entirely helpless and weak and powerless to save themselves. Now, who of us would dare die for the sake of a wicked person? That just strikes my heart. Who of us would dare to die for a wicked person? I'm that person, I'm that person that he died for, broken, bruised, wounded. We can all understand if someone was willing to die for a truly noble person, but Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. He didn't say, get it all right, get it all cleaned up. You, you get your life together and you can live in my house. Come on. Come on. You get your life together, you can come home to daddy. But you got to go get your life together. I, I'm just going to preach a little bit this morning. If you thought the prodigal story was about the prodigal son, you missed it. The story of the prodigal son is about, not about the son that went off and wasted all his substance and, and, and did all the things that were bad. That's not what the story's about. The story's not about the elder brother who was jealous and hateful and mean when he came on. The story's about a father who said, my house is open and I, I prepared a place for you and I've killed the fatted calf and I've got a ring to put on your hand and I want to robe you with the best even though you've wasted all that you had. I got more for you. My supply is not run out. My heart is not run out. My hope is not run out. My peace is not run out. I've got more for you than you can even imagine. 
And we're going to throw a party because you came home because the father was standing on the front porch and he was looking. He was waiting. He was anticipating. So often our attitude with people is, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. Sure, sure. Well, I saw him at church again this Sunday. I wonder what he was up to. Wonder why he came to church. Wonder what's wrong with her. Must have had a bad day. Things must not be going well. Let me tell you something. Them doors are always open to people that are broken. Because there was one Sunday that I walked into church broken, and I'd been there many times before. I'd been there hurt and broken before, and people had said things that was hurtful and harmful to me. But one day I came because I had a changed heart and a made-up mind, and I saw Jesus who loved me, and in my life has never been the same in 33 years. My heart was, my heart was changed and transformed, and, 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 and he made me. He, I chose him, and he, he restored me. But he started talking to me while I was strung out. He started talking. Well, I feel the preach on this place this morning. He loved me when I was broken in pieces. Pastor, you don't understand. Listen, quit living in your yesterday and start living in your hope for tomorrow. I don't know, I feel like this is for somebody this morning. It's not in, not in my message today, but I just want to help you this morning. I, I grew up in church. I was like these young men. They've never known anything but church their whole life since they were little bitty. I think I was three days old when I came to church the first time. Didn't. Just I've seen miracles, seen signs and wonders, seen people's life transform and change. But the age of 12 years old, 11, 12 years old, I had an uncle who started molesting me. And molested me for years. It's painful. At age 14, I didn't know what was, what, who I was, what I was, or where I was going. Lost, had no idea. No idea. No idea. So I began to do drugs, and I began to do other things, and my life began to be a roller coaster of one thing after another. And, and I'm telling you this because I'm going to show you what pain and deception does. And I begin to, in my fear of pain, I begin to sink deeper and deeper and deeper into those walls that were surrounding me and hoping that I was protecting my life, but in all actuality, I was destroying my life. People reached for me that couldn't get in. People loved me, but I wouldn't let them in. People tried to care, but I wouldn't let them in. Oh, there were some hateful people. There were some people that said, oh, he won't never change. He'll never, he, he'll never, he'll never amount to anything. He'll never come around you. There was those people, but you know what? There were people that were trying to love me too. There were people that were reaching for me. But one day, I heard a voice from heaven. And it was the love of Jesus. And he said, I love you where you are, son. But Jesus, you don't know my mess. Oh, yeah, I know. I know all things. I know your mess. I know your pain. I know your hurt. I know what you've walked through. 
And as he called me that night, I got down beside the bed in Chicago, Illinois, and I said, God, if you would just give me another chance. Well, what I didn't know was is that he was, he was there giving me a chance. It was more than just a chance. It was a lifetime of opportunity that all I had to do was choose. And, and strung out on drugs, strung out on ecstasy and heroin, I said, yes, I'm going to give you my yes, Jesus, right now. I'm going to give you my yes, God. And in my yes, he heard my cry. He heard my brokenness, and he, he, he wrapped his arms around me. There was no rejection. There was no pushback. There was no, no, no uh, uh, hatred coming from him. He didn't say, prove yourself to me. He said, I loved you while you were yet a sinner. I loved you. No, I loved you while you were broken. And fear gripped my heart, and I thought, well, what is, what, how am I going to be received? How are people going to love me? How am I going to? And the whole time God was saying, come on. I love you. I can tell you something since that day. Oh, there's been times that fear has come into my life. There's been times that I've truly had issues and problems and situations. But one thing I've always reached into. God, if you love me then in my mess, you love me now in my mess if you love me in my brokenness then you'll love me in my brokenness now it ain't all hey just because you say well pastor you've had brokenness in the since you've been in ministry oh yeah i've had brokenness i've had people hurt me i've been wounded i've wounded myself i've lied to myself and i know i know i've hurt my own walk with god i've i've had those days in my own life but he never he was always faithful to me He said, I'm going to love you. Let's read on and pass as a scripture. But Christ proved himself passionate love by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. And there's still much more to say of his unfailing love for us. For through the blood of Jesus, we have been heard the power of his declaration. You're now righteous in my sight. And I love this part. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. Come on, let's give God some praise. His sacrifice of love that would give us a way out, that would give us, he he became our way of escape and it wouldn't cost us anything because he paid it all in full. So that we could now enter the kingdom of God and we could have kingdom privileges. I want to tell you something this morning. Abby, I got kingdom privileges. In the spirit, I'm riding up in my Rolls Royce. (laughs) And the red carpet's being rolled out. And heaven's choir is singing. And all power and authority has been given to me in his name. I am an overcomer, not because of my goodness, because I'm like Paul. There ain't no good thing in me. But because of his goodness and because of his mercy... Don't mess with me. I'm a king's kid. I got authority to tread upon devils. I got authority to, to put my heel up on the head of Satan. I got authority to walk in deliverance. I got authority to walk in peace. This sweet girl last night, she's been struggling with some things, in her physical things in her life. 
And this morning at 1 2 o'clock, I was crying out to God and said, God, you've given us authority. We're taking authority over this sickness in her body. We're taking authority over these things. Everything that the enemy would try to rise up. And as I began to pray that, knowing what I was going to preach today, I felt the love of God come in the room. And I began to pray with authority like I've never prayed before. We have authority to walk in the Spirit. Why? Because we have been made righteous through Him. And we're King's kids. We don't have to live in fear and intimidation. I can look the devil straight in the face and I can tell him to get out. Let me just tell you something this morning, in case you didn't know that. Know this. That the devil is itty bitty. And God is great big. And the devil is not the opposite of God or equal with God. He's not even a, he, he's just a wannabe who couldn't be. He's, he, he, he's just a, he, if he has any comparison, it would be to another angel. I and mean, he didn't even get to stay in that status. He got kicked out of heaven because of his arrogance. And he's little bitty and don't believe a lie he's saying. God's great big. Why is it that when someone says, you're going to die, we say, oh, yeah, you're right, I'm going to. But when God says, you're going to live, we question that. We need to understand we're Cain's kid. And whatever God says, that's what it is. And we choose him today. We choose him today. We choose him today. And he loves us with a great big love. He gave us power to make choices and to love him back. And we're living our lives to love and to be loved. And not to become powerless, but to become powerful. And as we become powerful through the love of God, as we become powerful walking in the love of God, we make other people powerful. You know why we make other people powerful? We set them free. We loose them. We let them walk in their, their purpose and their calling. We don't try to control or, or manipulate or try to get them to be like us, but we want them to be like Jesus and who God created them to be. And so we make people powerful. In 2 Timothy 1 and 7, For God will never give you a spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. I want you to say to your neighbor today, God has not given you a spirit of fear. No. Say to your neighbor today, cast off fear. We need to break strongholds off of our mind. What is a stronghold? Let me tell you what a stronghold is. Let me tell you how simple a stronghold is. Because we thought, oh, we got to get them strongholds out. We, we need to pray for you. Break the stronghold. Like it's, some, like it's something we're we, we going to have a hard time doing. Let me tell you what a stronghold is. A stronghold is simply this. It's a lie that the devil told you that you believe. I probably shouldn't ask this question, but have you ever called somebody a liar before because they was lying to you? You lying. You ever had somebody looking at you and you knew they was lying? Come on. You knew they was lying. They were just lying. They were lying up a storm and you knew they was lying. But we'll believe the lies of the enemy. We need to look at the enemy when he starts lying and say, you lying? That's a lie. That's not who I am. That's not who God created me to be. That's not, that's not who I am. Mm-mm. I'm, I'm not that. 
you got this, that, and the, no, no. I'm not going to let that, I'm going to break off that stronghold. I, I want you to right now just take a minute, and I want, I want you to pray about every stronghold of the enemy, every lie the enemy's ever told you or wants to tell you. And, I'm a, and I want you to say right now, I'm not going to believe those lies. I cast off those lies. I cast off every imagination and every thought that, that, that would put itself above what God says that I am. Listen, don't lie to yourself. You should never make yourself. You should never, you should never tell yourself you're something that God didn't say you were. You have a bad day or a bad week or a bad year. You're not a loser. Don't believe that lie. When trouble comes your way, that don't mean you're a failure. Don't believe that lie. Don't believe that lie. Say, I choose. I choose to believe what God says about me. I choose to walk in righteousness and holiness and purity. And the only way you're ever going to be holy and righteous is to let Jesus in. Because you can't do it on your own. So why, why would you say, come on, Jesus? And fear causes us to run from the people and situations and disappointments and those things that, we, that, we, that come into our life. But love causes us to embrace, to hold Fear causes us to try to control other people's lives. Love calls us to release people into their destiny and who God created them to be. We look at God like he's some control freak that wants to punish us all the time. God's not a sniper waiting with his rifle with a red dot on your forehead waiting on you to mess up so he can pull the trigger. He's a God of love and mercy and kindness and gentleness. And the Bible says he's slow to anger. Scripture tells us we wake up every morning with new mercies. Oh, let yesterday go. You got new mercies today. You got new grace today on your life. And he loves you. I made my choice to love the Lord. I'm going to serve him. And his love and his grace always leads me to repentance. Leads me to repentance. Love will transfer through us. Love will keep us. Love is powerful. I close with this in Corinthians 13. So love is large. It's incredibly patient. Love is gentle. It's constantly kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessings come to someone else. Don't be jealous. Learn how to rejoice with other people. Learn how to celebrate other people's life. Learn how to get excited when God blesses someone else. You know what? When you learn how to celebrate somebody else's life, guess what's going to happen? Blessings coming your way. Man, I'm so thankful they got blessed. I'm so excited about the blessing in their life. Man, did you see that new car they're driving? Thank God. I'm I'm going to bless you for being blessed. Love does not brag about its own achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic shame or disrespect, nor does it selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quickly to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Did you hear what I said? Love's not looking for for somebody else's wrong. Love's not looking around and saying, well, what's wrong with you? Well, I, I, I've got to be pretty good because I'm better than you. 
I'm, I'm measuring myself right now. I'm, I'm, I'm better than you are, so I'm good. No, love, doves don't do that. Love lifts up and encourages and strengthens. It celebrates. Love is a safe place of shelter, and it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. God is love, and where the Scripture says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. So you know what that means? Wherever you are, church, there ought to be freedom. Because God's in me. Wherever I go, there ought to be freedom. Wherever I go, there ought to be peace. I ought to walk into the coffee shop and just leak peace all over the place. When I pass somebody at the Walmart and their life is just, they're just going through hell. They don't know which way to turn. There ought to be something that says, whoo, I feel peace. Peace just walked into the room. Why? Because he's loved me with this incredible love. And he didn't just love me to be loved, but he loved me to love others. Even when people irritate us, we just got to love them. Even when situations, are, we got to love them. We can't control it. We start trying to control. We start trying to control situations, and we start using the spirit of Jezebel to manipulate and get our way and do our thing, and we push people so far from God. But when we love, we stand on the front porch and we say, Come on, I'm glad. Come on. Come to come on. Come on. Come on. There's a table set for you. There's a place for you at the table. There's a place. We've prepared a place for you. I've had several people through my years of pastor say, Pastor, I'd come back to church, but I I don't I don't I don't know what those people are gonna think about me. You know what that is? That's the devil shaming you and putting fear in your life. Let me tell you what people think about you. They love you. They care about you. And they want you to reach your fullest potential and your greatest destiny of who God created you to be. Let's open our arms to love people like Christ loved us. Are you with me this morning? I feel such a presence of God in this house this morning. Can we bring the lights down just a bit, Ryan? Thank you. Why don't you bow your head all over this place today? I've seen tears falling. I've seen people, tears running down their face. I want you to know this morning, Jesus is crazy in love with you.